Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we want to thank you for gathering us in this place. And Father, this morning we seek your face. We want to sit with you, dear Lord, at this time. Lord, I just pray that you make our hearts pliable in your hands as we hear your word. Open our minds, dear Father, to what we need to know. Open our eyes, dear Lord, to what we need to see. Father, thank you. I just ask that you hide me behind the cross. May you hold me up here in front of your people, dear Lord. And I just pray that Jesus is lifted up in our hearts at this very moment. I pray this, Lord, in your son's most precious name. Let everyone say, Amen. Amen. I was so blessed last night. All that were here last night. Amen? Were you blessed? Amen. Uh, by the message spoken through uh, our dear brother and pastor Anil. Amen? Amen? And I'm going to be very transparent with you this morning. As I sat there and he began preaching the word through Mark 5, I actually began to squirm in my seat. And my flesh took over. And I kind of panicked a little bit because Mark 5 was the very thing I was going to touch bases with you. But as I sat there... And I continued to listen. The Lord had held me still. I looked over to my sister, and she, she's just looking wide-eyed at me. And I sat there, and I said, Lord, do you need me to do something different? So I continued to sit there, and I listened to Pastor Neil, and I was so blessed. And after Pastor Neil was done, I, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, No, you're going to do what you've prepared to do. So we're going to have even a further study in the book of Mark. Amen? Amen. Chapter 5. <clears throat> so if you could turn to your Bibles with me, please. And I have to say, I have to be a witness of the work of the Holy Spirit after... That all transpired last night. I had a sense of peace. Amen. I had a recent experience and I want to share with you. Something had transpired, words were exchanged, and I was somewhat hurt. Strong words were said. I didn't know how to react, but yet inside me, I felt this impulse to get on my computer and shoot this email to this person, right? How many of us have uh, done that? Yeah? And you just feel like it's coming from the Lord, right? The words are just flowing in your... <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. We've all done that. 
You see, human nature reacts by impulse. We're very impulsive human beings. So I sat there, and as my fingers had touched the keyboard, I, I stopped. I withdrew my hands. I said, Lord, no. I, I, I can't give in to this impulsion to advocate for myself, to defend myself, to fight for what I believe in. And no, I'm just going to not react. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, the peace that I felt in not giving in to my impulse is a feeling I cannot describe. It's nothing sensational. It's nothing emotional. It's nothing out of this world kind of feeling. I don't know if it, if it was a feeling, but maybe a state of mind, a state of heart, that peace that passeth all understanding. Amen? Later on, I was able to reflect on the, the fact that I did not react and I did not type that angry email or that upset email. I realized how much damage could have been done if I did gone through with that. And I said, praise the Lord. So just like as Pastor Anil was saying, sometimes when God says no, he has a greater blessing in store for you. Amen. And I believe he has a greater blessing for all of us this morning. We're going to start at Mark 1, Mark 5, verse 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him. No man could bind him. No, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. Pause. There's definitely an illustration here of this strength that this man had, right? Who bound this man? The people. Now here's my question for you this morning. To whose benefit was this man bound? The people. You see, brothers and sisters, oftentimes we resort to methods that don't work. We resort to methods that if we had searched a little bit deeper, the underlying of our motivations and of our intentions was to be for our benefit. Whether that to be to argue back what we believe, 
to gain more numbers in church. We resort to methods that don't work. In other words, we resort to certain methods sometimes out of impulse, out of the desire to make our point clear. And binding this man in chains did not work. Sometimes when we address certain communities around us, it's difficult. It's difficult to see or to relate, to connect with people who are very different from us. This man was just basically wiped out. He, you know, when you, these, this town, these, these people here in this town saw a man that was what? In their eyes, imagine a town being tormented day and night, hearing the screams of this demoniac around them. They got used to it. How, many, how long this man was, we don't know. How long this man was in the state, we don't know. But imagine this town having to have deal with this day in and day out. In their eyes, this man was what? Hopeless. There was nothing they can do no more. This was also a town that was not connected to any Jewish tradition. And most likely not connected to God. Let's continue. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying, cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus? Yes, what are you doing here? Thou son of man most high, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Again, what's being addressed here? Don't torment me. He's in the sight of God, the most high. And the first thing that comes out of this demoniac man is don't torment me. That is an issue of perception isn't it? Oftentimes when we are confronted by conviction and by Jesus himself in his presence, we have this attitude that don't torture me anymore. Don't punish me. It's our perception of God. It, there's something wrong with our perceptions, brothers and sisters, of who God is. And Mark 5 is, I believe, is not only a story of a demon-possessed man, but this is a story of the town people and how they dealt with this man. And Jesus first says, come out 
come out of you. Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And imagine Jesus spoke the words, and in that command, it happened. And Jesus, in this next verse, it tells us the character of Jesus. And Jesus says, what is your name? How respectful that might have come across. How gentle those words are. What do we usually do? What, are, what is usually our intention when we ask somebody their name? What are we trying to do? Get to know them. But in this case, I believe Jesus knew who he was. Jesus once lived with these demons. He knew exactly who he was talking to. So in asking, what is your name? Jesus is asking, do you know who you are? Do you know your name? In this short phrase of words, Jesus was claiming this man as his. Identity. Do you know who you are? What is your name? And he answered, my name is Legion, for we are many. Jesus knew who exactly they were. Now, let's go to verse 15. The demons were cast out the swine, into the swine. The swine fell into the sea. 2,000. Now, the swine was very indicative of this town, right? Swine was considered to the Jewish tradition as unclean. Swine is considered unclean in the word of God. Amen? Amen? So that tells you a lot about this town. They didn't know God. They didn't know who this man was that came out of a boat. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting clothed and in his right mind sitting clothed and in his right mind brothers and sisters put your finger there for a minute and i would like you to turn to very quickly a verse that we all know in second timothy 1 7 second timothy 1 7 Say amen when you get there. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Let's go back to Mark 5. This man was sitting with Jesus. This man was clothed 
in the love of Christ and his righteousness and in his right mind. A sound mind. The word tells us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He had the mind of Jesus. Amen? Now, what really takes me aback here is the reaction of the people to this miracle that just happened in front of them. Look at the reaction. They saw this man and they were afraid. Now, 2 Timothy tells us God did not give us the spirit of what? Fear. Fear. What do you think these people were? Why were they afraid? Let's dive into that a little bit. To ask ourselves, why were these people afraid? Imagine, let's, let's, let's review this. These townspeople have been dealing with a demoniac man, tormenting them day and night. For how long? We don't know. How many years? We don't know. They've basically wiped this man off as hopeless. There's nothing else they can do. They've let him go. He became the talk of the town. Right? This man came the talk of the town. Hey, buddy, did you see here this guy last night? He was just wailing like crazy. He's really hopeless. Imagine the conversations that took place. Oh, yeah, he came by my house really close and I scared him away. Imagine the conversations surrounding this man. Imagine the conversations that people would get together and try to figure out how to deal with this man. For their own benefit. And now this man was healed. A miracle has just happened in front of them. And they were afraid. The spotlight now is on who? Them. And the saddest thing occurs. They begged him. They prayed to him to leave. Verse 17. They pray him to depart out of their coasts. They ask Jesus to leave. Imagine our Savior's heart having been asked to leave. They became afraid. The town people became afraid of Jesus. They did not see the miracle. They did not understand the miracle before them. And Jesus went into the boat. You know, it's, it's a scary thing to have to deal with people who are different from us. And as a result, people fall through the cracks. People are neglected. 
dismissed, minimized of no value. You see, brothers and sisters, we want what makes us comfortable. And we need to dive in God's word minute by minute every day to understand the vastness of God's love for every human being. We have a tendency in its human nature. We've all been there. To see someone hopeless, there's nothing else you can do. Oh, I guess I'll just have to pray for them. You know, we minimize prayer, the power of prayer, when we do that. And what we end up doing because of the differences of other people in our midst, we distance ourselves, we disconnect, we try to justify why we can't go to that certain community. But Jesus came to this place with full intention to meet this demon. Are we intentional in our efforts to share God's love? Are we genuine? Are we truthful to ourselves in why we're doing what we're called to do? Do we understand the depravity of our souls? The need of Jesus for ourselves? You see, brothers and sisters, it's such human nature to, we have a tendency to forget. And along our journeys, we have a, in, in our zeal to share the word and share the gospel, we have a tendency to forget where Jesus found us. Let's go to the book of Colossians. This is one of my favorite books in the Bible. And it was one of my first sermon that I ever did that God called me to do. It was amazing. I love the book of Colossians and how it tells us that Jesus, our creator. But I want to specifically go to the verse in chapter one in the book of Colossians. Paul is writing. In verse 26, it says, Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. A mystery made manifest to the saints. Wow. Verse 27, to whom God would make known that is what is the riches of the glory of his, this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Christ in you, 
go back to the book of Mark. So Jesus gets into the boat. We're in verse um, 18. Jesus gets into the boat. He's granting their wish. Out of respect and because of who he is, because of who Jesus is, he grants their wish for him to leave. But this man, imagine this man, who's now cured, who was sitting with Jesus, clothed with his righteousness and love, and in his right mind with having the mind of Jesus. Amen? He goes to Jesus and said, Lord, can I go with you, please? Imagine. Imagine. And Jesus' response was probably out of this world for him. Because Jesus says to him, no, go home to your friends. You know, if that was me, I would be thinking, Lord, I don't have any friends. The people here I've been tormenting for years and years, they're going to kill me for what I've done to them for all this time. I don't have friends. What are you talking about? And Jesus clarifies and he says, tell them how great things the Lord had done for you. And he's specific. Jesus is specific. And have had compassion on thee. You know, I had a conversation with someone recently. And we were preparing some material for an interview that I'm about to do. And, and um, wrote back an email and suggested, you know, well, maybe part one could be um, my testimony of what God has done in my life and continues to do in my life. And maybe the second part would be we could talk about practical methods on how to reach the homosexual community. And I had went and further and said to him that, you know, maybe, you know, we could show how God loves them too and how Jesus can draw them to their hearts because Jesus drew me to his heart after 20 years. And the reply I got somewhat saddened me. Yes, that's all good, but you know, we can't condone sin. You know, brothers and sisters, I'm just going to be plain with it and raw and honest with you. When we make the point of contention to be about condoning sin, and you hear the word but, oh, but we can't condone sin. Oh, but we can't, you know, we can't tolerate sin in the church. But we can't, you know, when we... Of course we're not supposed to condone sin. Amen? Of course we're not to support that. But if we make that the point of contention all the time, then we are just preserving ourselves. Isn't it? Isn't it all about self-preservation? For us, because we're so human. 
Jesus said, share what compassion God had for you. Compassion. Compassion. And that's all that man did. And it tells us he departed and he began to publish in all the towns in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. We're only but to share simply what Jesus has done for us. The compassion. The monitor went out. Okay, that's good. Compassion. Brothers and sisters, The title to this morning's devotional is Living God's Love. How we can draw from the story as hopeless as it seemed to the townspeople, this story of how God loves us and how God loves others around us who are lost who are scared, who are not clothed, who are not in their right minds and don't know Jesus. Compassion, brothers and sisters. Did you know we need to extend compassion to each other and everyone around us, regardless if they want to change or not? We really have to, we must. Seeing Jesus on the cross demands our attention, Amen. brothers and sisters. Amen. This whole scene, ask us, who are you? What is your name? Do you not know that you're my son? You're my daughter? You are created in my image? Brothers and sisters, this man came to Jesus and fell at his feet. And just by so many words, demons were gone. Jesus takes care of the demons, brothers and sisters. All we're required to do is to act on our will Amen. and coincide with God's will and surrender. Amen. I heard of a story of some youth going canvassing in San Francisco and this young girl canvasser came to the door knocked on the door and this woman opened it and started just basically yelling at her 
Do you know you just knocked on the house of lesbians? And this lady was just berating this young girl and telling her and all these political things. And, and the girl just stood there. Imagine how impulsive we could be <laughs> to defend what we believe, to yell right back, to fall into this argument, right? This young canvasser said, God loves you. God really loves you. Yes, I know. God loves you. And she just kept repeating that. And the lady stopped and she goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. No one's never treated me like this. And no one ever really knocks on our door. So wait right here. The lady leaves and she comes back with $10. And she buys the steps to Christ. And I think, I believe a great controversy is something else. And that young lady leaves. You see, brothers and sisters, in our zeal, we always try to look for something significant to do for God. And God honors that, amen? God honors our desire to glorify him and serve him. And in our human nature, we want to be significant to someone. We want to make that impact. We want to be the cause of their turning to Christ. We want to get involved in big projects. We forget about the one soul audience. We go on engaging ourselves in projects and conferences and for our benefit. And we forget the significance of sitting with someone, having our arms around them, crying with them, laughing with them, eating with them, sharing with them, and most of all, listening to them with compassion. God may have just used you as a seed. Just a seed. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, in my journey with the Lord and how he drew me out of a lifestyle that was seen as hopeless among many Christians, my mom even gave up praying for me at times. And she had other people pray for me in faith. I could tell you, God put people in front of me and God planted huge seeds in my heart that I never forgot. Amen. One time I was visiting my mom at a church, you know, and, and I, I'm waiting for her and I, my partner was with me and... Um, and I'm, I'm smoking a cigarette in the church parking lot. And this lady comes running out of the church. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, threw the cigarette away. and Just stay in the car. 
And I'm like, do I hide? Do I get in the car? Do I take off? Do I pretend I don't see her? And she's coming right for me. And I freeze. And this lady just comes at me. And as, you know, I was, I identified as a butch lesbian. I, I looked like a guy, you know? And, and so part of that was I was, I suddenly felt this shamefulness of being seen by church people. And this lady came for me and she grabbed me and she hugged me and, 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 and she, she took my big body and just <laughs> hugging me like this and, oh, it's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. And I'm thinking the whole time, does she know what I look like? Does she know where I've been? Like, what's going on? And she kissed me and she said, we missed you. It's so good to see you. And that's all she said. And to this very day, I still remember that. And a couple of years later, my father had a stroke. And I was at the hospital in San Diego. And my mom tells me, Anak, that means my child in Tagalog. And she goes, Anak, there's some people coming from church. I just want to let you know. I said, oh, so do you want me to leave? Perception. <laughs> right? And so she says to me, no, I'm just letting you know, if you don't feel comfortable, you could leave. It's okay. So I find a floor, an empty floor in the hospital, and I just sit there. And I'm thinking, oh, man, when are these people going to leave? <sighs> then I hear the elevator open. Ding. And I'm like, this is a construction floor. How long should be here? <laughs> Then I hear these little footsteps approaching. I'm like, oh, <laughs> And this lady pops her head around the corner. Oh, there you are. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> I don't say anything else. I, 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 in my mind, I was like, can we please leave? But I didn't say that. She sits next to me and she puts her arms around me. And she says, I'm so sorry what your father's going through. She just sat there with me, with her arms around me. Never forgot that. God gave me an example. He gave me Jesus with skin on it. And searched me out. Looked for me in that hospital. How did she know I was going to be on a floor where you're supposed to be? God showed me love, unconditional. Brothers and sisters, my appeal to you today, this morning, and for this weekend, don't underestimate the unconditional love. Don't underestimate the seed that God wants to use you as. You may not be the significant person that would cause this person to turn to Christ. But you will be part of the chain reaction. Amen. Amen. And another thing, don't forget where Jesus found you. 
there is no case hopeless in the sight of the Lord. His arm is not shortened that he cannot reach. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, as we have come here today to sit face to face with you, Lord, I just pray that we did see your face here just now. And Father, how great a work you've called us each to do to bring you glory, not for our benefit, but for your glory, for your love for all mankind. No case is hopeless to you, dear Father. You found us where we were. Help us, Lord, to simply just share that compassion towards others. I thank you, Lord, for giving us an opportunity to live your love for ourselves and for everyone around us. I thank you, Lord, for blessing us so immensely. I pray this in Jesus' name. Let everyone say, Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.